Our scripture reading for today is taken from Luke chapter 18, beginning with verse 9. Jesus spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. Many, many years ago when I was a young pastor, I had a man from my congregation, one of my members, come to see me a number of times. He was having difficulties in his marriage. And uh, every time that he would talk to me, he would admit and talk about problems that he had and things that he needed to work on, and he wanted help from God's word with this. And uh, so every time we would talk, and we'd met maybe three or four times by now, <clears throat> and one day I said to him, well, maybe it'd be good for me to also meet with your wife at some point. So he asked her to come in, and she and I then sat and met. And uh, after discussing things a little bit, I finally said to her, are there any faults that you believe you have that contribute to the problems in your marriage? And she sat there for a moment thinking about it. And she finally said, well, I guess I could be better at helping my husband see his faults. <laughs> and I wanted to say, I think we found the problem. <laughs> the goodness games... Not the Hunger Games, the Goodness Games. You guys look like the Hunger Games. But the Goodness Games is kind of a game that we can get caught up in to, uh, to compare ourselves to other people. It's sort of a little trap that it's easy for us to fall into. And speaking for myself, I am a champion in the Goodness Games. It's very easy for me to find other people in our society, maybe even on this campus, where I can look at myself next to them and think, I'm doing pretty well. I'm coming off pretty well before God and before other people. It's pretty easy pickings for you and me in our culture today to find other people where we can make comparisons and come out pretty good in the, in the goodness games. And it's tempting for us to set up, if you will, sort of a gauge of morality, to find different ways of, of putting a scale or a gauge to what sins are really the bad sins, and then other ones that maybe aren't so bad. Someone can maybe easily point out the weaknesses of an immoral life of somebody else, and yet not think that the sin of gossip that maybe destroys that person's reputation is really such a bad sin. Or the, the same person that, that takes a strong moral stand on different moral issues of sexuality, maybe has no problem going to the computer at night and trying to find things to look at that displease God. It's easy for us to kind of set up different 
different uh, gauges, if you will, uh, in our minds of what we think are sinful and not, and compare ourselves then to people that are out there in the world. Well, our Lord in our text before us, a parable, which by the way might have been an actual real-life account that he uses in a parabolic way, our Lord here addresses this subject as to how we bring ourselves before God. How do you come in your heart and mind before God? And he uses these two characters. Two men went up to the temple to pray. They're in the house of God, okay? And it's interesting to notice how Jesus selects particular characters to portray things in this little text. With the Pharisee here, he selects someone who, who uh, on the surface, somebody uh, appears to love the things of God and is very comfortable being in God's house. He's such a stellar believer and follower of the commands of God that he's even going above and beyond. His stewardship is noteworthy before God. He's, he's doubling what he probably should be doing according to what the standards might be. It's interesting when, um, when you look through childhood books of Bible stories, look for Pharisees in there. Because a lot of times the artists depict the Pharisee as kind of the snooty, snobby, stuck-up-looking guy and looking down his nose at people. But I, I bet they just kind of looked like us. They didn't, they didn't look so different. They looked like pretty decent, moral, religious people that cared about the laws of God and wanted to follow the laws of God. If, if Jesus today was present in our in our culture and society today, and he had to find somebody that, would, that we could identify with, he might come to Bethany's campus to find somebody that represents the Pharisees' position here. He might, he might come and select one of our religion professors, maybe somebody that has an office in this building. He might select somebody that, where it's very easy for them to kind of feel like, I'm doing okay. God's taken note of me. My life's my life's on track pretty well. God, I thank you. I'm not like all the evil people that are out there in the world. This campus is wonderful for many things, but there's a danger here too. It can create champions in this goodness game. It's, an, it's a place for us to easily build upon some spiritual arrogance and to take the, the, the devil likes to tempt us to, take the, tempt us to take the very things where we love to obey the will of God and kind of turn them on us a little bit in our hearts and to get us start depending on them a little bit and to get us to start thinking that we're doing pretty well compared to other people. What does Jesus say? Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And in order to really emphasize this point to us, what does he do? He, he uses the image of somebody who was considered virtually an outcast, a moral outcast, if you will, in Jewish society, the tax collector. And he holds him up now in this parable and has him come into the temple and he says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus praises this. Our Lord here is, is really teaching us to, to kind of flip conventional thinking on its head when it comes to how we approach God. Conventional thinking would, would think we should come before God and say, hey, look what I'm trying to do to, to impress you. And Jesus is teaching us here that's not the case at all. The way to go before God is, is not to polish your own little halo, 
but rather to put ashes in your hair, to put the ashes of sadness over your sin in your hair. That's what God is looking for. So that you come before him realizing you deserve nothing and you just want to, you just hope to cling to his mercy. You just hope to cling to the fact that he has a compassionate, tender, and forgiving heart. And when that happens, God provides you with the halo. God puts the halo of his son on your head. And this tax collector teaches us that, to, to approach God on the basis of his compassion. He's really bringing us to the foot of the cross, is what he's doing. Because that's where God has expressed his ultimate compassion and mercy toward us. The prophet Isaiah says it so beautifully. From God's perspective, this is the one I esteem. He who is humble and contrite and trembles at my word. Have you ever noticed in, in the gospel readings and things, the stories in Jesus' life, how Jesus always places the positive heavenly glow from heaven, from God. He always places that on those who are humble in their heart and mind before God, realize their sin, and are relying only on his grace. And we see that here again. This is the man who went home justified. By the way, notice the frequency of his sin isn't mentioned. The magnitude of his sin isn't mentioned. All that God says about him in this condition is he went to his home justified. May God the Holy Spirit work in our hearts through his word to keep us always approaching God every day of our lives based upon his mercy in Christ rather than our goodness because that alone is where we have our justification. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your holy word and for making us members of your holy Christian church through faith in Christ. Help us not to become arrogant in our spiritual lives and in our lives of sanctification. Give us the proper perspective on all of the wonderful things that you may do through us by your work inside of us through your spirit. Keep us always in this faith that someday we may stand in your presence forever. We ask it in our Lord's name. Amen.
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go now in his peace. Amen. Thank you.